Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Good evening, good evening. If you turn your Bibles to 1 Samuel chapter number 8. 1 Samuel chapter number 8. While you're turning there, if you could just keep my parents and my wife in prayer tonight. They're not here, so they're backsliding. They... <laughs> They knew that I was going to be preaching, so they decided to get out of town. <laughs> My wife did say to me, Pastor, she said, do me a favor. Let Pastor know the next time that he schedules you to preach, to give me more time to get the message together since I was going out of town. So she told me to make sure I let you know that. <laughs> she did say, however, that I would be listening as she's heading on her way back home. She went away this week and went down to visit her mother. They had a ladies conference down at the church, so she decided to go down and, and be there with her and enjoy the time that they had together. So she's actually heading on her way back in. I did mention the pastor that the last time that I preached that the Lord had given me this message and I refused not to preach it. I kept looking for something else to preach and then when Pastor said that he had me scheduled to preach tonight, I tried again to try to find something else that the Lord would want me to preach. But he kept bringing me back to this passage of scripture. And so I need to be obedient and preach what he wanted me to preach. Last time I preached, and I hope that it'll be a blessing to you. He has shown me some things in 1 Samuel chapter 8 that I hope that it may not be for you, but it may be for you to help somebody else. So I trust that you will get what he gave me and that I would be obedient to him this evening. I'm going to read the first six verses there, 1 Samuel chapter 8, verses 1 to 6, and then we'll get into the preaching of the word of God. It says this, And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel, now, the name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second was Abiah. They were judges in Beersheba. And his sons walked not in his ways, but turned aside after lucre, and took bribes and perverted judgment. Then all the elders of Israel gathered themselves together, and came to Samuel unto Ramah, and said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel, when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed unto the Lord. You've heard me speak on numerous occasions on the nation of Israel and preaching of the Old Testament, which is primarily devoted to the nation of Israel. See, God founded Abraham and called him and really birthed through him the nation of Israel. God chose them as his own people and did such a great work and through the life of Israel. He revealed himself to them in a very unique way. 
I mean, unlike he revealed himself to any other nation, and really Israel's responsibility was to be a catalyst, to be a channel for God. See, though through whom God could shine and flow and, and the revelation to God to them, see, the way that God made himself known to them so that they could make him known to the rest of the world. See, the most, they must understand they were not just an elitist in the fact that they knew God, but they certainly should have understood something, that they had a great accountability, they had a great responsibility, and that now that they know God, we must make God known to other people. See, that should be a personal theme for us, to know him and to make him known. Amen. And I will remind you that the more you know about God, the more you should let people know about him. He is a good God. This morning, we sang our praises to God, and we had an experience with God this morning. Our pastor did such an excellent job talking about we sow what we reap. But outside of these walls, there are men, there are women, there are boys, and there are girls who have never heard anything about that. They never experienced anything about that. They, they never read this book, and they never known the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, we know him. We must make him known. See, Israel had a unique relationship with God. And that was their king. We call this a theocracy. See, they were ruled by God. It was not an oligarchy. They weren't ruled by few. It was not an aristocracy ruled by the elite, not an absolute monarchy ruled by one man, but a theocracy. They were ruled by God. And see, no formal government, no establishment of political rulers. Now, we understand that they were judges that were ruling. God did have judges there, and he placed them there, and there was, but there was no absolute human king. See, God was their king. I mean, when God is your king, you can't get no better. See, what better deal, what better setup could they have had? I mean, who was their king when they were down in Egypt? I mean, who found them when they were, their human king was oppressing them and delivered them? Who parted the Red Sea and let them walk across? on dry ground. I mean, who was their king when they were in the wilderness with the same shoes that never wore out? I mean, who was their king when they got hungry and, they, and fed them manna? I mean, who was their king when they got thirsty and gave them water from the rock? I mean, who was their king when the water was bitter and he made it sweet? I mean, who was their king that gave them quail? Who was their king that wrote the tablets of stone? I mean, who was their king that had done for them like nobody else could? See, that king wasn't a man. That king was Jehovah God himself. See, yet in 1 Samuel chapter number 8, their leader's God, this man, set to guide them, to direct them with Samuel. See, the, he was the greatest judge, the greatest prophet they had ever experienced up to this time. And he's approached by God's people. We want a king. We want a man to rule over us. We want somebody to sit in the palace, to, to sit on the throne, and call the shots. See, we don't like this setup. We're not content with what we have. See, we want something new. See, we need an adjustment. It's time for change. We want a king. Samuel didn't respond very well to this because he thought, how could people who had it so good want to change? See, change comes when things aren't good. When things are going great, we need to leave things alone. See, before you start tearing down the fence, you better find out why they put the fence up in the first place. See, yet Israel became disillusional. They became distracted, and their eyes and their focus and their motivation was shifting. And they found themselves where they set up second to none. They longed for an adjustment. See, God comes to Samuel after Samuel comes to God, and he says, don't be discouraged. Don't be dismayed. Don't even take it personal. This is not a response to your leadership. 
This, on the contrary, Samuel's response to me. See, they're not getting rid of you. They're getting rid of me. See, they're not tired of you. They're tired of me. See, they're not, get, they're not going against you, Samuel. They're going against me. See, they got me. They, they've enjoyed me. They experienced me. Um, they know me. They've been blessed by me. And now they want somebody else. Now I want to summarize where Samuel, where Israel arrived in 1 Samuel chapter 8. And it's a very sad conclusion. But when they approached Samuel asking for a king, in so many words they were saying this, God is not enough. God is not enough. He sits on the throne. He looks high. He, he looks low. He takes care of us. He protects us. He preserves us. He blesses us. He redeems us. But we do not have enough. Isn't that pitiful? And yet, sitting in the building today are people who, by the grace of God, know him personally. Boy, if you were here tonight, you ought to be glad you know him. I mean, I want to tell you, if you know him, those songs that we were singing, they mean something more to you than just you patting your feet. I mean, if you know him this evening, church does more for you than just have you punch a clock and say that you've been here. I mean, if you got up this morning and you know God as your personal Savior, as your Lord Jesus Christ, you got a reason to live. I mean, you got a reason to shout. You got a reason to praise him. I mean, at the midnight hour down in the valley, you have a reason to have joy. I mean, it, because somebody that is better than Muhammad, who's greater than Buddha, who has always been, has always will be, will reach down from the miry clay with his sinless arm, reach down and, and grab your sinful adversity, pick you up and set your feet on a solid rock. He will establish your goings. If you are here tonight, you know God is your father. You know Jesus as your savior. The Holy Ghost is your comforter. The word of God is your guide. Heaven is your home. And let the redeem of the Lord say so. See, here's what's important tonight. You know, I often hear when we're sitting back there in church and pastor's getting up here, he's always trying to get us to say amen. He's like, man, he goes, it's like pulling teeth, you know, to get you guys to say amen. And, and I'm sitting back there and I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I remember a time where people would stand up and shout and wave their Bibles and raise their hand and say, preacher, preacher. All the time I would sit back there and as a little kid, I would sit back in the pew and I would watch. And there was times we were whispering like, yo, do you see such and such standing up over there? You know, now we might have been mistaken for talking, but we weren't. We were actually in the service because it actually engaged us into what the pastor was saying. I mean, if they were getting up and they were shouting about it, then he was saying something that we needed to hear. And here, the children of Israel had it good. See, I'm talking about people whose name was written down in the, in the Lamb's Book of Life, not because they're good, I mean, not because they were religious, not because they have been baptized, because they have been saved by the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking about people who knew God are looking for something else. But now I'm going to tell you right now, lost people are not the only ones acting the fool in the world today. Now, listen to me now. Sometimes we need to hear the truth about ourselves. I mean, we got a good God, but sometimes on the receiving end of good God, we live some bad lives. I mean, God has been good to us. God's been favorable to us. God has been gracious to us. And as Christians all over the globe today and some sitting in buildings tonight found themselves this past week chasing other things, looking for other things, looking for other resources, trying to find hope and happiness in the wrong places. 
I mean, as if the world and sin and the devil and materialism is going to satisfy their soul. When God, my friend, is not the one that you're looking to, you're simply saying to him, he's not enough. See, I want to preach this evening a message entitled, When God is Not Enough. See, this is where Israel was, and perhaps that's where you are this evening. When God is not enough, first of all, point number one, we forsake his ways. I say we forsake his ways. See, we want a king. Look at verse number seven, if you would. And the Lord said unto Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I should not reign over them. They forsook his ways. Letter A, they rejected his authority. See, in other words, they were saying, we don't, have, we don't want his rules. Um, we don't want his reign, and we don't want his righteousness. Now, listen to me now. When you start rejecting God's authority, my friend, you're, you're saying, I don't want you in charge. I don't want you calling the shots. I don't want you making decisions. And by the way, there's a brand new Christianity I call Burger King religion that is out there today, which simply means you serve God and you can have it your way. See, can I tell you, Christianity was never meant to be my way. It's always been meant to be God's way. See, they rejected his authority. Second, number two, point letter B, they rationalized their attitudes. Notice what they said. Thou art old. Look at verse number five. And he said unto him, Behold, thou art old, and thy sons walk not in thy ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the nations. Thou art old. We are tired of consistent of tired of consistency, Samuel. I mean, you've been good, but you're old. It's been a good ride, but it's, your time's run out. You're old, and you're outdated. <laughs> I mean, he was good enough to stand with them when they were in trouble, huh? I mean, he was good enough as a young boy to commit himself to God. I mean, he was good enough all these years to make sure they, that he fed them with the laws of God and the expressions of God uh, and the directions of God. Samuel had been the man. They had celebrated his leadership. They had followed his example. They had been thankful for how he had led his life. But now he was old. Be careful when you're tired of consistency. Be careful when your reason for rejecting something has gotten old. Listen to me. Something that are old is still good. Some things that are old are very good, amen? And the things of God are old, and they are good, amen? Consistency. By the way, holiness is old, and it's good. Amen. Look, purity is old, and it's good. Godliness is old, and it's good. The Bible is old, and it's good. Are you listening to me now? Thankfulness is old, and it's good. By the way, there's a lot of things that are going on in the world that, are, that is new stuff that people are coming up with. And a lot of Christians are chasing because it's new. Listen to me. If it's new and it violates God's word, it's no good. And I want to go on record. There is a whole lot of new stuff out there that I'm not for. See, they rejected his authority. They rationalized their attitude. Letter C, they were tired of his consistency. And letter D, they said it was a time for change. They forsook his ways. Look at number two, if you would. See, I was thinking this is a big one. When God is not enough, we forsake his ways, but we fantasize over the world. We, we fantasize over the world, huh? Now watch this. Now, if you got a shiny, smooth engine-looking vehicle, 
and, it, and it's polished up. You had it detailed, and, and it's sitting in the garage, and, and it's ready to go. And one day, you're taking a stroll, and you're walking down the street, and you see this beat-up, rusty old car that got thousands and thousands and thousands of miles on it, and you see this sign on it that says, man, if you just buy this beat-up car, you can enjoy it. And you know what? You wouldn't even take a second look at it. You wouldn't even look at it. Why? Because, watch this now, you got what you need. You don't want something else. Now, I'm going to tell you the problem with that is the average Christian today, they don't realize what they have. See, they don't realize what they have. I mean, come on now. I mean, no, no. You, you say, hey, you got God. You, your mistake is not that you lost God. Your mistake is that you lost the realization who God is. I mean, I want to tell you something. I'm ashamed of the fact that many religious folks have branded God as a big daddy upstairs. Oh, I can't. When I hear that, he's only the butler that rings the bell for me when I get thirsty. He becomes a prefix to their cuss word. I mean, he becomes their bailout when their backs are against the wall. He becomes somebody they call when they're in the dire straits. Somebody they lean on when they got nobody else to lean on. By the way, God is a burden bearer. I mean, he's a heavy load share, but he doesn't just want me to call him when I'm in desperation. He wants me to walk with him every day and talk with him every day. I tell you why people are running down the road and, and looking for churches with no standards and no holiness and no godliness. They come as you are and leave as you were. They've forgotten who God was. See, churches are growing, but people aren't. That's what bothers me. Churches are packed with crowds, but the people are packed with carnality. See, wicked idolatry, letter A. Uh, wrong interests, letter B, and wayward ideology. See, when you love God, you don't bring nonsense in the church. I mean, when, when, you, when you love God, you don't condone homosexuality. I mean, when you love God, you don't bring nonsense into the scripture. I mean, when you love God, you don't sing like you're singing to your girlfriend. See, when they come up in here, we want them to know that they're in church, not in a club, not at a party, not at a cabaret in church. Uh, I mean, we're, we're the people that sing. We're the people that know Jesus. I mean, where you can sense the Holy Ghost of God in this place where holiness is not a denomination. It's a lifestyle. I mean, I'm talking about where the Bible is preached, it's premium, where separation and holiness is very clear. I mean, where the pastor looks like a pastor. You say it's old, but it still works. Hmm. I, I'm trying, I, I'm concerned. I'm concerned that churches have become social clubs, and I'm concerned that the churches, that Christians have become image-driven, and I'm concerned that everybody is looking for the lingo and looking for the new hip way. Yeah. See, I'm going to tell you how I got to the pulpit today. See, because mommy and daddy who say, you want to stand and lead people, you better follow the Lord Jesus Christ. They said, separate yourself, stay pure until you get married. Separate yourself from the hip-hop music and the nonsense lifestyle. Look like a boy, not like a girl. Carry yourself in the right way. And I can't forget this. And I had a pastor that backed it up Sunday after Sunday that said, I didn't say you like it. I said you hear it. I mean, I tell you, we are in Sunday school today and uh, in our adult Bible class and we're talking about raising our family and directing our kids. And a question came up about how do you, 
How do, you, um, how do you teach your kids certain things? How do you get your kids to understand certain things? My parents did it. All they did was quote scripture. You know, if I had something to say, they quoted scripture, and I hated that because I couldn't argue against scripture. I mean, you couldn't argue against scripture. It was there, black and white. I mean, we get into this thing where we're trying to raise our kids in a godly way and, and, and raise them up in a godly home, want them to follow God, want them to hear from God. And a lot of times we are just saying what we want them to know, but a lot of times it's right here in the Bible. All the time it's in the Bible. All we got to do is just quote scripture to them. They can't argue against that because they're not rejecting you, parents. They're rejecting God at that point. See, here's what I'm trying to get you to say. You say, that's old, preacher. See, it works still. See, if you're looking for something else, you forget what you got. See, there's a lot of nonsense going on out there, and I deal with people all the time. You know, I listen to them, you know, being at work and hearing them going to different churches, and they talking about this, and they talking about that. I just got to ask them one question. How do you know that you're going to heaven? I don't know. We mean you don't know. I mean, what kind of church are you going to that you go Sunday after Sunday and they haven't told you how to learn know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? I mean, it, it's got to be a whack church. I mean, you're going out there and you're not hearing what they're having to say to you? Hmm. Oh. See, better yet, you know what my parents used to tell me all the time? Listen, you're, you, you wonder why. I'm saying these things. Think about this. This came up in Sunday school, and it so happened to be in my message tonight, is talking to your kids. Listen, do you tell your kids who and who not to hang out with? I mean, do you give them direction on, hey, listen, look, um, I don't know. You sit them down at dinner time and say, son, daughter, listen, I don't want you hanging out with that kid. Um, I don't think he's a good kid, but, but dad, uh, he goes to church. Okay, that's fine. Say, hey, how you doing? Praise the Lord and keep on walking. Matter of fact, walk on the other side of the street to stay out of trouble. I mean, that's what my parents used to say to me. And as a matter of fact, they used to say, and don't tell them I said so either. So if I could tell you, and if you could tell your kids, what you want, what they should and shouldn't do, and you want to protect your kids, then it should be all right for the man of God to get in the pulpit and say, be careful of some preachers out there. Be careful of some churches that you go to. Don't mess with them. See, if they don't preach on sin, don't listen to them. I mean, if, if, if he um, condones ungodliness, don't listen to him. If he doesn't exude holiness, stay away from him. See, preachers, that are, that's narrow-minded. I'm trying to keep you doing right in the last days. See, and many false prophets shall rise and shall be deceived by many. This know us also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth-bakers, false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. See, that's 2 Timothy chapter 3 there. See, in the last days, false prophets shall come saying, hey, they love God, that they live for God. But listen to me, somebody has to love God to determine by the grace of God, it still works. Amen? Preacher, 
you have something on your mind, don't you, tonight? Yes. <laughs> you better believe I do. I mean, I'm trying to protect people. I'm trying to warn people. Uh, see, I, I'm for come as you are, but I'm not for leave as you can. See, I'm for come as you are, if for how you are is the best you got. See, I'm not come, come for as you are, if you come as you are is less than what you can be. See, God is not interested in what we have or, where, or, or what we wear, preacher. Where do you read that in the Bible? And whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. See, yes, I'm not simply saying we ought to judge people by the way they look and we ought to turn people down. Anybody ought to be able to walk in the Open Bible Baptist Church and feel comfortable being here. But we that are here that know the Lord, that ought, that ought to know how to walk with God, that we love God and that we serve God, we ought to hate sin. And I want to honor him. Say, well, preacher, I don't really have a position on it. I'm just staying in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, they asked Joel Osteen. Um, is homosexuality wrong? I mean, I love his smile, don't you? Um, is abortion wrong? And then he puts that smile on. He said, I really don't have a position. How can you be a man of God and not have a position? I mean, do you hate homosexuality? No, I don't, I don't hate liars, but I hate sin. See, we ought not to treat anybody wrong, but we ought not to condone sin. But Jesus loved everybody. Oh, yeah, here that comes. Remember, he wouldn't let them stone her. Oh, I get that too. Yeah, he said, he that is without sin, let him cast the first stone. He told them all those Pharisees, listen, if you don't have any sin in your life, then cast the stone. But if you do, you know what they did? They dropped all those stones, didn't they? See, and then when they walked away, see, that wasn't the end of the story. See, that wasn't it. See, when they walked away, that person wants to interpret the scripture, finish what it said. After all they left, he looked at her that was in adultery and said, I do not condemn thee, and they shouldn't condemn you either. But here's what I'm going to tell you. Woman, go and sin no more. See, preacher, I, I, had a, I had a child out of wedlock. Should I be welcome in church? Yes. Just don't have any more out of wedlock. See, we shack up. Should we be welcome in church? Absolutely. Get married and quit shacking up. See, I, I cuss every week. Should I be welcome in church? Absolutely. Leave here and quit cussing. Okay. I, I sip a little sauce on the side. Should I be welcome in church? Yes. Change that sauce to barbecue sauce. And put that liquor down. Determined by the grace of God, you're going to live for God. See, see I'm, I'm, into the, I'm into the wrong kind of music. Listen, listen, we will accept you, but you ought to get rid of that music. See, I'm a man that is married, but I lust after other women. Should I be accepted in church? Yes, you ought to be. In, you ought to be. Go home and determine I'm not going to look at another woman if it's not my wife. See, let me tell you something. We ought to accept sinners, but we should not condone sin. But why do people do that? Because God's not enough. See, we forsake his ways. We fantasize over the world. And then write this down. Number three, we forget his works. <laughs> See, I'm not going to turn, turn back and go through all that because I don't have time because I know I heard that the eagles come on at 820 and I want to get you out of here in time for that. <laughs> but I, I want to give you this because I think it's important that you see this. 
Here it is, letter A. He delivered them from their past. Their past place, their past power, their past pain. It was Egypt, he got them out. Letter B, he directed their progress. See, through his guidance, his guarding, and his grace, he decorated them with provisions by the way of the blessings, benefits, and backing. Letter C, he dialed in on their problems. When they routinely complained and rarely weren't content, he didn't set them aside. And if God dropped us when we were drop worthy, we would all have been dropped. See, ain't it amazing how when people latch on to something or to somebody else, you can go from hero to zero that fast? Have you ever had somebody that kept singing you praises and you were reading their cards and their text messages and they were sending you emails and they thought you were the best thing since sliced bread until they met somebody else? Now you ain't nothing. And you're whacked now. They're they're afraid that you're oppressing them and everything else. See, that's what happens. See, when you start loving something else, you'll forget how much you used to love God. Just think back. Do you remember? Do you remember where God brought you from? When God came through for you when you needed him? But see, when it's not enough, we forget that. Israel, how could you want a man? Can your next king part the Red Sea? Can your next king keep your shoes from wearing out? Uh, can, the, can the king I give you give you water from the rock? Well, Moses did, no. Moses let God use him to do it. If Moses didn't have God, there wouldn't have been nothing coming out of that rock. You're talking about I'm going down the road so, so God can use me. Oh, okay. Well, God can't do anything through you if you won't let him. It is God that which worketh in you to do of his good will and his good pleasure. I don't have time to get into it tonight, but we better be careful when we start forgetting God. See, when you get there, while you're there, celebrate your arrival, but don't forget the journey. Let me say that again. When you get there, while you're celebrating your arrival, don't forget the journey. Do you know what I'm saying? About one of the worst things in all the world is somebody who arrives at elite status and forgets where they came from. I mean, I remember as a kid, growing up, knowing this family, and they were Mr. and Mrs. since I was about two years old. Mr. and Mrs. And then one day I got married. My wife came to live with me. My wife knew about them because I talked about them. My wife went over to, to talk to them. And they went from Mr. to Mrs. to doctor and doctor. Oh, my. Man, they done became high status now. I mean, they weren't nothing just a few moments ago. But now they something now. They are important now. I mean, listen, they, they, when, when, when they came to church... They couldn't find Habakkuk. They couldn't even find Genesis. They, they stood up at the wrong time. They sat down at the wrong time. Even when the offering plate came around, the first time the offering plate came around, instead of putting money in, they were trying to make change out of it. And now there's somebody. See, we got to be careful 
if we think we're somebody because we're still nobody without God. But God. But God. You know, I, I think about that often. Often, often, and often. Don't forget where you came from. Let me say this. I'm closing now. They forsook his ways. They fantasized over the world. They forgot his works. And then number four, write this down. They forfeit his will. They forfeit his will. And this is where I'll close. See, you want a king? Okay, God said, give them what they want. Be careful what you ask for. But I'm going to tell you, when you get the king, you're going to wish you never had him. Look at verse number 11. And he said, this will be the manner of the king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself, for his chariots, and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before his chariots. Because you don't think I'm enough for you. For you're going to forfeit my will, which will place you, letter A, in an unpleasant position an unpleasant position. You will, you will have a loss of security, a lack of efficiency. When you get something besides me, you're going to lose what you need. Letter B, and you'll have an unpleasant position. Or letter B, you'll pay an unthinkable price. Your prosperity, your children, instead of being your children, they'll be his servants. Your property, instead of being passed down from your descendants, it will be taken to be his own little playground. Uh, your possessions will be confiscated for his own regal assets, and your prayers will not be answered. It's all in there. It's expositional there, all there. All I want is a king. See, your sons will be his servants. Instead of him it being your stuff, it'll be his stuff. And God said, look at verse 18. And ye shall cry out in that day because of your king which ye shall have chosen you and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Anybody listening? When God is not enough, when you call him, he'll hit the decline button. And can I tell you something? Let me get this. I left this back there. These phones are pretty amazing. Man, these phones are so intelligent. I mean, that's why they call them smartphones, right? You, you, think about this. I mean, you ever try to call somebody and you know that when you call them, you can tell because they hit that decline button and it goes right to voicemail. But if that phone just rings, rings, and rings, they're not there, and then it goes to voicemail. But they're so smart because, I don't know, I don't know about you, I've been in a place one time where I'm trying to call somebody, you ever try to call somebody in the same room? And, and you call them and you're watching them, and they grab your phone, and they, or they grab their phone, and they look at it, they see you calling, and they hit decline. I don't know about you, but I want to, man, don't you, I just want to, mm, like, no, you didn't. You, you, you saw me calling you. I mean, listen, my wife's not here tonight, but there's times I'm ready to go. 
Hey, and I love church, and I love church people. I do, and I love to talk. But my wife will get talking, and I'm ready to go, and the football game coming on tonight too. And I'll give her that call. That's that little love nudge, like it's time to go. And I'll watch her decline. I'm like, oh, no, she didn't. And, and, and here's the other thing. What the thing about these phones? Look, look, why are we there? We may as well go ahead. Text messages. Man, I'm telling you, man, these things are brilliant. Not only does it tell you when the message is delivered, ooh, it even lets you know when they read it. I mean, listen, five texts you send, they respond to all of them. Hey, how you doing? How's your day going? Great. What you been doing this week? Oh, just chilling. Oh, okay. How's everybody in the family? Everybody's doing great. I've been thinking about you lately. I've been thinking about you too. You've been on my heart. Oh, you've been on my heart too. Hey, look, I'm in a bind. I wonder if you could loan me about $300. (laughs) Next text, question mark, question mark, question mark. Response, red, red. You see them at church. Hey, did you get my last text? Oh, no, I didn't get that. You got all the five before them. These phones, something else, huh? I tell you, these songs are something else. Mm-hmm. See, you're laughing. We all been there, uh-huh. Now, now that's bad, right? I mean, it's bad when somebody you care about ignores your call. But it's catastrophic when God does. See, I said it's catastrophic when God does. When God is not enough, he hits the north. Unpleasant position, unthinkable price. And here's the saddest part of the story, an unmovable perspective. And after he told them how bad it will be, after they got the king, listen to what they said. Look at verse 19. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, nay, but we will have a king over us. We heard you tell us how bad it will be uh, if we don't serve God and, and we still want our way. Stubbornness and selfishness. Be careful when you get mad about good preaching. Reprove not the scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. And nobody in here is going to serve God without being corrected. But correction is good for us. We need it. That's how we're going to stay straight. How could you have the best and want something else? Because God is not enough. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.